Welcome to Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. Truth Matters believes in the words in Acts 2.47 that proclaim, The Lord adds to His church daily, such as should be saved. We believe in the Great Commission Christ gave before returning to the Father, and we obey His command in Matthew 28.19 to go and make disciples of all men. Now join us as Pastor Terry Ames gives today's message. Well, everyone has a mother. No matter if you were given up for adoption or left as an orphan, you were born by a female human being. But not being raised by a biological mother does not mean the woman who took you and loved you wasn't your mother. Maybe it was a grandmother. We see that a lot today. Maybe it was an older sister. Or maybe it was a godmother. My biological father was raised by his aunt. But he called her mom, and she was his mother until the day she died. So moms are special. We can all agree on that, can't we? And Mother's Day is a special day. And while most people tend to believe that Mother's Day was created by greedy companies like Hallmark and others, hoping to cash in by selling millions of greeting cards annually, believe it or not, this is not the case. According to website 123 Holidays, it says in the United States, Mother's Day started nearly 150 years ago when Anna Jarvis, an Appalachian homemaker, organized a day to raise awareness of poor health conditions in her community, a cause she believed would be best advocated by mothers, and she called it Mother's Work Day. In 1905, when Anna Jarvis died, her daughter, also named Anna, began a campaign to memorialize the life work of her mother. Legend has it that young Anna remembered a Sunday school lesson that her mother gave in which she said, I hope and pray that someone, sometime, will found a Memorial Mother's Day. There are many days for men, but there are none for mothers. Anna began to lobby prominent businessmen like John Wanamaker and politicians, including Presidents Taft and Roosevelt, to support her campaign to create a special day to honor mothers. At one of the first services organized to celebrate Anna's mother in 1908, at her church in West Virginia, Anna's handed out her mother's favorite flower, the white carnation. Five years later, the House of Representatives adopted a resolution calling for officials of the federal government to wear white carnations on Mother's Day. In 1914, Anna's hard work paid off when Woodrow Wilson signed a bill recognizing Mother's Day as a national holiday. While at first, most people just wrote simple, well-meaning letters of appreciation to their mothers, this quickly changed. Jarvis eventually became disgruntled in the 1920s as the day became more commercialized. 
She even filed a lawsuit trying to get the day removed from the calendar. Most everyone can relate to a complaint over commercialization. But still, above all people, mothers deserve the recognition and sincere expressions of appreciation. They are, after all, a very special breed. So what did Solomon, King Solomon, mighty and wise Solomon, write about a special woman, including a mother? Remember, King David was Solomon's father, and Bathsheba was his mother. So let's turn to Proverbs 31, and I'm going to be going through verses 10 through 31. And let's see what he thinks makes a virtuous woman, a woman every man believes his mother to be. The woman who fears the Lord. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. A good woman looks after her husband. Oh, that's not hard. That, that, you shouldn't say that today. But it's the truth. Just as a good husband looks after his wife, he protects her. And she, in certain ways, protects him. Not only throughout the centuries have women clothed the men, have women fed the men, have women had the men's babies, They've also been behind the scenes defending them. Because we all know how communities can be. We all know how neighbors can be. And they can be sometimes little tongue waggers. Or they want to cut down and judge other people. But a good woman who believes and loves her husband defends him. And a good husband who loves and appreciates his wife and his mother defends them. So the husband trusts the heart of that woman. He knows that she loves him and he loves her in return. And so her price is far above what rubies cost. That is costlier, that is better, it's priceless, more priceless than any amount of jewels and gems that you can hold in your hand. And it says she will do him good and never do him evil all the days of her life. There are women still out there like that today, folks. Fellas, you know it. There are still women out there that love and appreciate their husbands, that's not married just for what they can get. And there are men out there that's not looking just for a trophy wife in looks. A trophy wife is a good, virtuous, God-fearing woman. That is a trophy wife. And so if you have that, you're blessed. If you have a woman who fears God, loves you, fellas. If you have a mother who raised you and a mother that loved you and was a God-fearing woman, then you are blessed. It says, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Now let me tell you this. Alan can probably appreciate and understand this, and probably a lot of you will too, but 
I have family in West Virginia. And when we would go to West Virginia to meet to, to on vacation to go back home to my, my stepdad's family, which he raised me. He was my father. He raised me since I was five. My grandmama little would be up before anybody. I mean way before daylight to get the old wood burning stove going. That's what they cooked. She cooked on. Had a big wood burning oven and stove in there. Get that water heated up. And she, once she got that going, she would start smelling biscuits. And on that stove was this huge water tank. And that's how they would get hot water. Couldn't have it unless you had a fire going. But once she had that water hot, the men had a big porcelain, white porcelain coated bowl. I remember this day it had a red porcelain ring around it, about this big. And it sat out on the back porch and there was a mirror out there. And she would have that water hot for them guys, the men, her husband, and the boys. They'd shave, and they would go out, and they would wash up and shave before they sit down to eat breakfast. But she would be up way before dawn getting their water hot for them and getting the food ready for them to go off to work. And that's what it's talking about here. She rises while it's yet night. I can relate to that. Now today, a lot of our brides give us wampum biscuits. And it takes about 10 minutes in the oven. Heat the oven up, womp them, put them on there, stick them in the oven. They poof up and you get a biscuit. They don't have to get up before daylight to fix breakfast anymore. They've learned how to microwave stuff. They don't have to get up and get the wood out. Get that stove going. Make that coffee. But I can remember my grandmother doing that. And that's what it's talking about here. It says, she considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. How many ladies do you see out here right now? And I know men are doing it too, but up where I live, you see a lot more ladies, the older, older elderly ladies doing it, still putting out a garden every year. The gardens are out. And they're out there a lot of times when you drive by in the mornings, they're out there in the gardens. Especially last year when it'd be hot, they'd be out in the cool of the morning doing what they had to do in the garden. So they still plant gardens. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out, not by night. Let me tell you something too. I was talking about my grandmother Little. Back in West Virginia, she'd be up before, way before dawn, before the guys got up. But let me tell you something. She went to bed a lot of times after they went to bed. Because not only did she have to get things ready for the next day, she heated the water up and fixed, made sure that they all had hot water if it was bath night. And there would be a big, I, I think, galvanized tub sitting there. Yep. Yep. And she's the one that stayed up there. And then after Papa went to bed, then the, then, then the kids got washed. And usually they got washed in the same hot water. But her work was never done. You didn't know when she went to bed. Especially as a kid, I didn't know when she went to bed and when she got up because she was just always up. When I go to bed, she was up. When I get up in the morning, she had breakfast ready. That's what he's talking about here. Now, 
do a lot of work. Does it mean that if you don't do that today, you're a bad woman, a bad mother? No, it doesn't mean that. Things have changed. But the heart is still the same. The, the kitchen appliances may have changed to make life easier, but the heart is still the same. She still loves for you. She still cares for you. She still raises you. She fixes your boo-boos. She makes sure she's got the right band-aid, whether it's Superman or whether it's Spider-Man that you like. Things have changed today, but moms are still today the same in the heart. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. Not many ladies today sew on their own or make their own clothes. Now Lisa's mom did. Lisa's mom made all their clothes. Even all the way through high school, she made their clothes. Because her dad worked and the rest of the, the other kids, the four kids, they had to go to school. And she, her job was a full-time mother. Full-time. Handmade all the food, wasn't going to the store and buying packaged pudding. She made it right there from scratch. Everything was from scratch. So she'd cook all day and get ready for them, and then she'd make the clothes. Never sat down for Lisa said she never said, I don't remember her ever sitting down for a meal. Everybody else was sitting down. She worked all day to make it, but she never sat at the table to eat it. She's always serving others. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. A good woman. A good mother doesn't always, you, you, you are the center of her life, but you're not at times always the important one. Maybe a needy neighbor is. Maybe she's trying to, to do something for the next door neighbors, whether get food for them or helping them with something or helping watch their kids while they have to go somewhere or have to go to an emergency. She's always ready. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. That means royalty. The Bible is saying a woman, a virtuous woman, a mother like that, a wife like that, is royalty and you should be treating her like that. Lisa reminds me of that all the time. She's always telling me she's a princess and so I have to treat her like with royalty. She expects nothing less than be treated like a princess. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. She helps out when she can. My mother raised us, but at times she did go to work to help out because my dad was in the army. We were military. We lived on post. But army pay wasn't very good. And at times, mom was a stay-at-home mom. And at times, when we got a little bit older, she would go take part-time jobs to help out in the family. Her number one concern is the family. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. Man, how, you know, how, how many strong women have you known in your life? How many strong mothers have you seen? And you think, wow, how can they get through that? But they do. How can they do that? But somehow they do. She opened her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household. And eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. 
her husband also, and he praiseth her. Do we call our mothers blessed? Do you fellows, do you ever tell your wife how blessed you are to have her in your life? Or your mother, do you tell your mother if she's still alive? How blessed you are that she was your mother. Today's the day to do that. Doesn't matter how dark it is outside, still got a little princess at home if you're a fellow. Still got a mom if there's if she's alive. And if not, if your mom has passed, just remember how blessed you were to heaven. And thank God for her. Today's the day to thank God for those of you that had wonderful mothers, that had mothers that loved you enough to care for you. Praise your mom, whether she's here or she's not. Praise your wife. Now Lisa knows I tease her at times. And sometimes I tease her around friends. But she knows it's just, but she also knows too, and she's seen times where I will defend her to my last breath. I will get a righteous anger if I hear somebody seriously say something ugly about my wife. Because to me, she is my world. She is my life. She is my princess. And God has given her to me to protect and given us each other to watch over. We don't have children, but we have each other. And we have a dog. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. A woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Beauty is going to eventually fade away. An outer beauty, but not an inner beauty. An outer beauty will start to, and as we know, we grow older, we start to find wrinkles, we start to see liver spots, we start to, our hair guys start to fall out, some earlier than others. But, but we start aging. We can't be 22 our whole lives. So what does he say? If you fear the Lord, you're to be praised. Not for your beauty. Beauty's vain. You look at the inner beauty. And I look at Lisa. She has an outer beauty. And she has this inner beauty. And that is what attracted me to Lisa. Was an inner beauty. And that's what, and now she fears the Lord. I can't be any more blessed than a woman that is beautiful to me and has a beautiful spirit and she fears the Lord. And I pray every man here has somebody like that. It says, give her, give of, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. So what is Solomon saying here? First, she takes responsibility for what needs to be done, and she does it, and she does it with love. In turn, she receives her just rewards with having her family's love and affection and honor. That's something that has been downplayed in today's world, folks, but is at the very heart of everything any of us do. Don't we all want to be loved and respected? The world says, compensate me for what I do. Give me money and stuff. But if we really see what is important, we see that having someone love us enough to appreciate what we do, it's worth more than diamonds and gold. 
A mother deserves this and more. She deserves honor and praise. She also is wired different than the father. And we've always got to remember that. Moms are wired differently. Nowadays, they want to feminize the men. Why? Why aren't the women screaming and saying, no, that's us. We've got that prerogative. But no, we want to try to make everybody feminine. Why aren't the women, why aren't the feminists now saying, wait a minute. Why have we got these guys out here dressing like women and going, using women's bathrooms? Why have we got this, this downplay and trying to make our sons feminine? They don't see God's way of things. They want the devil's way of things. Let's look at Mary, for example, and I'll be closing soon. A mother always wants to know the details. Luke one twenty nine says, And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. If I'm allowed as a man to make this observation, this was Mary already demonstrating her aptitude as a soon-be mother. See, even though the angel Gabriel was sent by God to deliver the astounding news, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. That's what Gabriel said. Well, the Bible says that she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Granted, she had to be overwhelmed at the proposition. But like all mothers, she wanted the details because she cared more than we could possibly understand. She wanted to know the details. This may wreck my reputation, that's, that's okay, but, but this child that I'm going to be carrying, as you say, who is he? And why have I been chosen? And that too, a mother, man, a mother will understand what a father never will comprehend. A mother can just understand things that men just can't figure out. Luke one thirty nine through 45 says, And Mary, I know you didn't get these verses, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe, what, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And hence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord shall come to me, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. You kind of heard Morris code, haven't you? Well, this is mama code. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, the soon-to-be mother of John the Baptist. And as the scripture records, when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. Apparently, without Mary saying much more than a simple greeting, Elizabeth said, Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. The key is that both women believed that there would be a fulfillment of those things which were told. They both had received messages from Gabriel, and they both believed they were God-fearing women. It says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered in her heart. Think about it. Mary just had a baby. Now this is Luke 2.19 when the shepherds came 
and was telling about what they had seen. And she was in the stable. So Mary just had a baby. And she was pondering, which means to carefully and deeply think about what was just said. And when she had just had a child in less than ideal conditions, is it no wonder most women can bring a man to his knees with a simple look? And she was sitting there pondering and listening to these people, and it was just, she's taking it all in because she believed in God. But if she can ponder, and she'd just been through the pain of childbirth and all this and that, and she could think that deeply about it. It is a wonder sometimes the women are a little bit higher mentally than the men. Sorry, guys. Sometimes they work through things that we don't. We don't like to think about that, but they do. The bottom line is that mothers are a special breed. Mary pondered because that's what mothers do. And then they remember all the firsts. They remember the first cry. They remember the first smile, the first laugh, the first tooth, the first steps, the first day of school. And they remember the first date. I may be a little facetious here, but a normal father finds it hard to keep up with the days on a calendar, much less a child's first potty day. Mother, But a mother can. Mothers are often more intense and willing to develop in their spiritual lives than most fathers too. This is really sad because as too many mothers are forced to fill the spiritual roles of the mother and the father both. The key is Mary pondered until she understood the magnitude of the moment. And I'm sure many mothers sitting in church pews and not having their husband with them for one excuse or another, whatever the excuse is, pondering their hearts about the husband and their concern. Mary had a spiritual depth to fully appreciate what had just occurred. So this whole thing comes up to, should we honor our mothers? Absolutely. We honor her by taking care of her, just like Mary took care of Jesus after Joseph died. And then we, she took care of us. We take care of our mothers. See, Jesus even honored her and made sure she was taken care of during his pain by hanging on the cross because he told John to look after her when he was gone. He made sure that she was taken care of. It's funny, she didn't go, he didn't tell one of the brothers they weren't there. Have you ever thought about that? He never said James, which is one of the brothers and wrote one of the Gospels. James, take care of mom. No. They weren't there. He said, John, behold your mother, which means take care of mom. Mother, behold your son, which means mom, I'm not going to be here. Take care of John. And Mary's still being honored today, isn't she? As a mother and biblically as one of God's servants. A woman and mother who fears the Lord is a force to be admired respected, and she's to be cherished. For when we need prayers, she is on her knees. When we need our tears dried, she wipes them. When we are hurting, she comforts us. And when we have no one else to turn to, she is still mom. The most hardened criminals, the most heinous villains have been known to cry out for their mothers when punishment was delivered. So it's only right 
as Christians who follow the example of our Savior that we honor our mothers, not just today, but every day. Remembering that the only commandment that God gave to Moses with a promise connected to it is the fifth commandment. And it says, Honor thy father and thy mother that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Long days. Honor your mother and father. So we've got a lot of people here today, a lot of ladies that were mothers. Everyone has had a mother. My question today is, are we honoring them? Are we remembering to, to, to love them and tell them? Are we still cherishing them? And those that have lost our parents, do we still thank God because we had parents that loved us, had a mother that loved us? See, we should never forget our mothers. Soon we'll be remembering our fathers, but today we'll remember our mothers as we should every day. Tell her today that you love her. Tell her today that you need her. Tell her today what she's meant to you and tell her today, if you possibly can, how much God has blessed you for her being your mother. And then also, tell your wife. Make sure that they know how much they mean to you today. Even if they're not, even if they don't have children. Believe it or not, they're raising one. It's called you. It's probably one of the biggest kids I've ever had to raise. We think we're all big and powerful and head of the household. They snicker behind our backs. And they know what the truth is. So remember your wives and your moms today. This has been Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. You may email us at glasgow1chog at gmail.com or visit us at 1517 Glenview Drive in Glasgow. Join us next time for another insightful and timely message from Truth Matters. I'm Lisa Ames. God bless.